Welcome back to another exciting episode with your host, Sean. Thomas. I wasn't prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I couldn't think of one fast enough. All right, we're good. We're good. I got one now. <laughs> we're still recording. This is the episode. Oh, great. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is your other host, uh, Sammy Bot. And together we are... Sparkcast. Today's episode, we're going to be looking at SOS Dinobots episode. Thomas, why don't you read what I wrote as the summary for this episode? Will Jack invents unholy life, is told to kill them, then makes them smart enough to live. That's an accurate statement. <laughs> uh, that... That's All right, everyone go home. That was it. That's the episode. That I wonder if, what the air date of this was, because if it was like aired around Halloween, then yeah, this is probably pretty accurate. <laughs> Driving to save the world from the evil Decepticons, the heroic Autobots are led by Optimus Prime. He's more than meets the eye, he's a robot in disguise. I kind of stopped watching Generation 2 episodes in fast-forward motion to see if anything new was happening, because, mm -hmm. you know, it's Generation 2. But I'm trying to do my due diligence as a host to provide you all with information. But I just dropped the ball on this today and didn't actually check out the Generation 2 episode. It's alright, we'll forgive you one day. I do have a new segment for this show. One thing I'm going to talk about each episode is also introduce the writer who did this episode. So, the writer for this episode was Donald Glutt. He wrote this, as well as all the episodes where the Dinobots were the main characters. He also wrote for Robocop, the good 1980s series, G.I. Joe, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, DuckTales... Oh. <laughs> Dino Riders, The Mighty Orbots, GoBots, and even Ooh. the X-Men cartoon series from the 90s. Dang. And, yeah. He wrote a lot of comics like Star Wars and Captain America, Vampirella, and he's written a lot of dinosaur-themed books and TV series, including campy movies like Dinosaur Valley Girls, and wrote two nonfiction books, Dinosaur Dictionary and Dinosaurs the Encyclopedia, that were called the best reference books by the American Library Association. Wow. Yeah. The best was his quote. Uh, I got this off the TFWG site. They, they have a quote where he was interviewed about Transformers, and how he feels about the show is kind of funny. Do you want to read it, Sammy? Sure. No one looks at the scripts very carefully. I seem to remember the show being on a really tight schedule. I wrote some of them in a single day, a first draft, and they went almost immediately in the storyboard artists. We were not trying to create art, but get them done fast and get paid. None of the writing was good or passionate, or sometimes, my own included, like the Autobot run, were even adequate. But we got paid well for writing them fast. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Man, I'm that a is a job that I want. <laughs> I like how he's so honest. He's like, eh, I mean, I didn't really try, but, uh got an episode and which honestly explains this episode like how did he he wrote all these like i actually i don't i mean i'm not sure which episodes that he wrote of ducktales or or bots or go bots but i i'm guessing he's a good writer it's funny because he has an i guess uh, an interest in dinosaurs which is why they hired him to write about di robot dinosaurs you know there's so much crossover there it makes and sense i'm i <laughs> 
<laughs> Son's laughing because he's looking at my face, trying to gather my w- words. I'm, I'm kind of confused as to the whole like dinosaur obsession thing, and especially with them going to him and having him be the Dinobots writer, where there's not really dinosaur stuff. Like it's very loose. Here's the shape of a dinosaur. They go to a dinosaur museum and they really wasn't a whole lot there were maybe one or two lines that you mm-hmm. could just say that like yes that's true about dinosaurs <laughs> you know how the science uh, action blockbusters are like let's look at the science and then they disregard 95 percent of it because it doesn't look cool on visually i guess all of his his good stuff ended up on the cutting room floor but i guess it didn't since he said it went straight to the uh, storyboard artist <laughs> <laughs> yeah crack that up off the floor <laughs> <laughs> i just want to briefly touch upon two other writers that we missed that will not show up again. There was George Arthur Bloom, who wrote the entire pilot for parts one and two and three for More Than Meets the Eye, but then he didn't work on any of the future episodes. But what was interesting, though, is he wrote the pilot for My Little Pony as well. And then he went on to do Bucky O'Hare, Magic School Bus, and Cyber Chase. But he actually wrote a lot of live-action shows in the 60s and 70s, everything from Cher to the Dean Martin show. I'm fascinated that he worked on Bucky O'Hare. Like, I don't know. I love Bucky. So I just can't imagine how he wrote the first three episodes. They're just like, here, here's a Bible, all these characters, make a story around it somehow and turn it in in two weeks. I well, hopefully he probably had hopefully he had some kind of framework included in that Bible and didn't just have to paste together all these terms and archetypes. Yeah, but it just seemed like he was a writer that had written for television, mostly comedy, it almost seemed because uh, Dean Martin show and Cher, those were, were those comedy shows, for, or they just, or was that the variety show kind of thing? Yeah, yeah I, was I have gonna no say, idea. Those, I would say, <laughs> guess that those are actually like variety shows. I was born in 1982. I never saw any of that. I haven't either. And then the the other writer, one last one is Alfred Peagle. He wrote Fire in the Sky with Jet Fire. He was one of three writers on this episode, but this is his only Transformers writing credit. And when I looked him up. He had one writing credit each for Defenders of the Earth, G.I. Joe, and Mask. And I wonder if this is just somebody who maybe helped out from the Hasbro department. Like maybe they were somewhere in, you know, one of the artists or one of the people in the corporate or somebody who just helped write. So they gave a little bit. So they gave him a writing credit because I couldn't find any information about him anywhere. Yeah, that makes sense. You kind of hear about that kind of stuff in the early days of, like, video games, especially with, like, the live-action stuff. Well, not live-action, but, you know, FMV games, PC mm-hmm. games, oh, stuff yeah. like that, where they just, here's a staff, and we're just going to have you be, like, a voice actor or an, an actual actor. <laughs> All right, so let's get on to what we like and didn't like about the episode. Me, Grimlock, no like you! The first thing I'll say is, if you see a robot dinosaur grab a fighter plane and chuck it into a wall, you're not having fun. (laughs) I mean, you're having fun if you're the Dinobot. I said if you're not having fun after seeing that is what I meant to say, then something's wrong with you. (laughs) My brain just stopped mid-sentence, so... Did you you need to say that one again? No, that's fine. You know, we make mistakes all the time on this show. You know, just like the writing of the episode itself. Yeah, yeah, everything stays, like, there's no cutting room floor here. Everything just goes up. So, I like how the earthquake, this should probably be under stupid moments, but I like how there's an earthquake in the wall, apparently, and their first motivation is to get as close to the epicenter of the earthquake as possible. I I guess to add to that... Makes sense to me! (laughs) To add to that, I guess I didn't like how Spike just put his ear to the wall to, like, find (laughs) out the the epicenter of the earthquake. (laughs) Like, and also, when did Ironhide have the ability to, like, figure out 
through walls, whatever oh, he yeah. did. Get, get this, that's the fourth power he's exhibited in this show so far. Great. He's a very powerful robot. But, yeah, the rest were all like glue gun or water explosion gun, nitroglue. I don't remember. I think he had a flamethrower at one point too. Who knows? I just know it's the fourth power. But, you know, they find every kid's dream inside that cave. Dinosaur bones, which every kid wanted to find in their backyard when they were young in the 80s and 90s. You know, that might have been a fad that died out. Uh, by the time Just like Sam the dinosaurs. Was... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in a big yard surrounded by forests. We used to think it'd be cool to like walk around and find, you know, just a random dinosaur bone sticking out of the ground because that's how archaeology works. For sure. Yeah, I never was into the dinosaur fad, so like I don't understand this. You didn't cry when Littlefoot's mom died. All right, I did, but that's because that was an emotional story, and if it was with cats, I would have cried too. Oh man, there's a show I w- nobody even remember is called Adventures in Dinosaur City that was also made near the end of that boom. About these two kids that get sucked into their favorite animated show and they arrive into a Jim Henson Muppet Dinosaur production with two cop dinosaurs that got to overthrow an evil dinosaur uh, who lives, of course, in the you know evil tar pit land. This sounds terrifying. Oh, no, it was awesome when I saw it as a kid. Uh, I'll stick with Land of the Lost. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was that remake in the 90s for kids. <laughs> Uh, that we had Denver the Last Dinosaur. Denver the Last Dinosaur. He's my friend and a whole that lot more. That won awards for the use of nonviolence for, and also nonviolent solutions for defeating the bad guys. There's also that dinosaur buddy cop movie with uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. I was thinking about that. <laughs> but in theory, it deserved mention. <laughs> you guys know too many dinosaurs. Then there's Dinosaurs itself, just dinosaurs. Yeah. With the... <laughs> With the baby and the father that works for like a, like a nine to five job and all right, but anyway, that's way off topic now. So this isn't a dinosaur podcast. All right. Wheeljack well, sees all these extinct. Well, one last okay, quick thing ahead. to add to this particular scene of what I don't like: after this whole earthquake, ear to the wall crap, they say that they think something's behind it, and instead of using tools, they just punch the wall a bunch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> every problem you have can be solved with punching. <laughs> I thought that was pretty dumb and ridiculous. Yeah, that so, was it. <laughs> so who thinks to themselves, unless they're a mad scientist, I know, I'll create robot automatons with indestructible plating, death lasers, the power of flight, and give them the ability to breathe fire. Optimus should have chastised this guy for behaving like a 10-year-old or a mad scientist. Take your pick. I mean, he kind of is a mad scientist. But then again, Optimus encouraged him. He's like, hmm, robot dinosaurs could be useful. <laughs> Maybe if you just made them smarter, that we could have just really, you could have started with that. You could have started with making them smart. Yeah. You didn't have to literally make dinosaurs. But, but how incompetent was he that he's like, oh yeah, I guess I just have to make them more intelligent. Like, he didn't think about that in the beginning of the process. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, why make them great in all these other ways, but not just make them smart? <laughs> but that, and, he, and here's the thing that doesn't make sense. At the He goes, uh... You know, I'm just going to go straight to stupid moments now, too. Because he goes, ah, if I make them smarter, they'll be easier to control. I'm like, yeah, because, you know, when we had slavery, we let the slaves read and write so we could increase their intelligence and then control them better. <sighs> I, uh, there was a lot of stuff that could be called into question. <laughs> did, th- did all this happen 
I guess, did he go through with this whole dinosaur building plan before or after they went to the museum to learn about dinosaurs? Uh, I think it was after. He was like, man, we're totally losing this army since we, you know, outnumber the Decepticons four to one, but let's make some more people. <laughs> I just also like how they just casually bring robots to a museum. Yes, they, they're so accepted in this in this culture already. It was the 80s, you know, that happened with the Ninja Turtles, with anything in that time where people just, you know, didn't care. They saved the world, and eh, they're accepted now. Yeah, they're like, whatever, uh, I guess this is fine. I do like how when they activated, their first instinct is like, unnatural, I'm in pain, must destroy everything in sight. <laughs> I'm an abomination. Then Optimus says they should be destroyed because to him, they aren't intelligent and living creatures like their kind of Autobots. I'm like, so do they not have yeah. souls? Or I mean, there are guards. I mean, they were they were just made. Well, the, all of the Transformers were just made, right? It really depends on what continuity you follow. Well, starting with this episode, it will be retconned in season two, how Transformer lives work. Okay. So. Or how they work or are created? How they're created. Okay. Because you need, like, I think something called Vector Sigma to create Transformer life. And I remember one of the episodes is Megatron getting the key and trying to make more robots. I also remember there's an episode where instead of Starscream creating new sentient life, he actually goes to a, a criminal facility and steals their sparks or whatever that are inside a prison. Yep. And that's how he gets them. And so he doesn't actually create life. He just takes from life where it was already being stored. <laughs> but I also, does no one know how to pronounce dinosaurs? Ah, no. Let's go to the dinosaur museum. Star. <laughs> It's like, I remember watching the cartoons for Spider-Man back in the day, and they always called robots robots. Really? <laughs> yes. They're like, oh, oh no, my, my robot has escaped. That robot is trying to kill us all. They, I'm like, Ugh, was this just, did we, I could have sworn we always said dinosaurs. I've never heard it the way they pronounce it on this show. I mean, I haven't either, but the robot thing, I just say that jokingly because I usually typo that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you want to know something I didn't like? What? Else what? Did you... Huffer again. How much of a jackass was he in this episode? Huffer's the Huffer's the one who was just like being a negative Nancy the whole time, right? Yeah, he's like, ah, oh, these dinosaurs will never work. And when he thinks Will Jack's failed, he laughs at him. What yep. a jerk. Where did you come from? Why are you here? <laughs> I know. I was like, man, I thought I hated Gears a lot, but I forget how much I hated Huffer too. Yeah. Also, speaking of robots that just have randomly come into this episode, Blue Streak. Oh, yeah. What? If I ever go to a yard sale and I find a Gears figure, I'm going to get it and I'm going to explode the shit out of it live on this podcast. And I'll do, do the it. same with and I'll do the same with Huffer. Do I, it. <laughs> what does he do? Who? Huffer. I think he turns into a what's that construction bot that pushes things? A bulldozer? Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, wait, what are you What are you talking about? I was thinking, I was trying to think, are you t- th- talking about something a lot more complicated? Like, wait a minute, are you just talking about a bulldozer <laughs> that pushes things? <laughs> Accurate description. Okay, all right. Because, yeah, I, I asked because, again, I'm not that well-versed with, like, the G1 stuff, and I feel like I haven't seen him do a lot of any, anything. I do have two smart things here. So when the dams attack, the employees call Autobot headquarters. I, I I imagine Optimus Prime giving out the phone number to their home base to, like, every power plant in the nation in case the Decepticons attack it. Like, they just travel around the country going, 
Ah, oh, another flower plant. I must give them our emergency number. Yeah, I did. That was something that stood out to me. Like, wait a minute, they're calling Teletran 1? How did they know about that? I just thought they, like, saved them already and was like, hey, if you need <laughs> us again, here's my number. Yeah, so just the that building onto the scene where they just walk into the museum and nobody really pays them any mind or anything like that. Well, they probably went there with all those flyers of Megatron that said enemy on it and handed them out <laughs> with their phone numbers. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I was thinking, I feel like that should have been, I, why wouldn't that just be part of the show? We get along with humans and work together. Their alliance basically just being showcased, but they just yeah. completely gloss over it. It's just, we've already accepted you. We're beyond throwing rocks and tools at you up on site. <laughs> we gave up. We call in the help now. So Sammy Starscream says, the second most intelligent thing he said since I started watching the show. Yeah. You know how normally they're like, ah, oh, there's... Autobots are in the cave now. They're dead. This time they fall in the water and Starscream's like, Bath won't kill them. What's next, leader? And I'm like, whoa, someone actually knows they won't be dead. <laughs> Starscream's learning. <laughs> Except, see, but I think I think that line counteracts when he's shooting at someone and he goes, you're too slow, rusty pants. And I'm like, what? Did he what kind of that? insult is that? Yes. Oh my god. I think somebody used that, a similar insult at the beginning of the episode. I think it was supposed to be like a running joke or something about calling this particular robot old. What was he shooting at? Ironhide, I believe. I I think there's someone old, it's probably Ironhide. So, so yeah, I think they called him old the first time. So, I think they just kept harping on it the second time when Starscream said it. I just, I thought that was still funny. I I don't know. Yeah, that was a terrible line, actually. (laughs) I don't even remember it being said. So I have a question for you both. What purpose did the Dinobots serve in this episode? Because Wheeljack goes into the battlefield and he takes out Megatron by himself and frees everyone. Granted, I know the Dinobots were needed for a distraction, but it makes Wheeljack come off as the hero. Because Megatron's like, ah, inhibitor shells, my equilibrium destabilized, leading to the shortest reign of Starscream ever, (laughs) while Megatron (laughs) regains his balance. (laughs) Megatron has literally fallen. <laughs> but I did like how Wheeljack just knew everyone's powers on their guns and knew how I to, mean, like, dry them off yeah. and then power them up. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. He actually knows what each power does what, and you as the kid can also learn what their powers are. Yeah, I mean, he's a scientist, so, like, he should know. But, um, yeah, no, I don't know what... The Dinobots were there. They were, they were a fun little, like, hey, guys, let's make more toys, I guess, because people like dinosaurs. Like, I love how at the end of the episode, too, they're just like, yeah, I guess we can keep them around. And the dinobots just turn to dinosaurs and they're just like, yay! And then the show ends. And I'm like, all right, so that just happened. They exist now. This is beginning to look like 90s anime that I watched. Stuff just happens. There doesn't need to be any rhyme or reason for it. It just is cool, so we put it here. Yeah. Well, there's more of a reason for stuff to happen in old 80s and 90s cartoons. That reason is merchandise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I did like at the end, though, everyone apologizes for disobeying orders. And Optimus Prime, the leader, even admits that he might be wrong. Gets teaching kids that not everyone is always right. Always question authority. Well, that's not what it's going. Your own leader is like, oh, yeah, I might have some faults, too. Like, nobody's perfect in Transformers. And they're not trying to make Optimus be up this this guy who's like, I'm always right. <laughs> As what will happen all the time when we get to the Japanese Transformers. Oh boy. 
So let's head on to animation errors. So many. Chock full. I only noticed four, but go ahead. Uh, one of the ones I noticed was two star streams once again, once they were blasting off or retreating or whatever, and it was panning across. It went Starscream, Skywarp, or sorry, Starscream, Thundercracker, and then Starscream again. And I'm like, there's not two star streams, guys. We might not have to mention that ever again, because it'll probably happen every episode. <laughs> just every episode. Yeah, fair. And then the other one was, it wasn't really, I mean, it's kind of an animation error, just because it was weird. But when Ratchet picks up Bumblebee in car form and oh, just oh. plops him down. Yes. Oh, my God. That whole thing was awful, because I just, okay, Bumblebee's overturned. <laughs> Spike comes out, you know, unharmed. Ratchet moves his right foot forward, and it moves through where Spike would he have kicked him forward. Yeah! And then Spike and Ratchet... And then his foot moves backwards, but he's already on the floor, so how could it move backwards? And then uh, he moves it forward, and just Spike just disappears. And then Spike and Ratchet both talk in the next scene, but aren't actually on screen while they're talking like it was added afterwards, because Ratchet voice felt like a fill-in voice. It felt like Huffer's voice trying to sound different. Yes. And yep. other voices afterwards seem to have just been placed over the animation because there was space there. Like, most of this was recorded because there was too much silence once they looked at the episode. <laughs> no, I mean, it's probably what happened, because that was a whole, whole mess. Yeah, I yeah. should probably go back and watch that particular scene, because I feel like I completely missed all of that. I was just so wow. amused at the no. fact that, like... Bumblebee's tipped over, but this guy has to go and go pick him up and turn him over himself like he's some kind of poor turtle and helpless. As if he can't just turn himself over or just transform and just stand up on your feet. Nah, <laughs> was... nah we had to just get him to cradle Bumblebee for a half second and be like, boop. <laughs> I fixed you, tiny turtle. Oh yeah, all three reflectors in the beginning were blue instead of the normal purple and green for the entire duration of the scene. There's an animation error that there were three reflectors instead of two. Well, I guess one of them could eventually come back from Cybertron using the space bridge. <laughs> he was trapped a few episodes ago. Uh, there was one animation error that I caught when they went to the museum. Well, one, I was partially confused. I was I was really trying to process that whole scene. I was confused at, I guess, the use of Hound's powers. Uh, hold, hold that up for stupid moments. Okay, so, so I, that I was confused by. And then this it, that went straight to the scene where we see dinosaurs and there's just a triceratops that's just like fidgeting back and forth like he has some like yes. kind of rash or rash or something. <laughs> and, and then it the, the scene changes for a couple seconds. Then it goes back to that triceratops doing the same thing. But then there's a T-Rex there that he's fighting. And I was like, wait a minute, why? What? So I went back and I watched it again. I was like, yeah, he is doing the same animation. So... I think when that when they that Triceratops first showed up, he was actually supposed to be fighting the T Rex the whole time. But the first time they show him, he's fighting just empty space. Are you talking about the museum? At the museum, the hologram that that Hound was showing. Yeah, it was a hologram of dinosaurs fighting. But the first part of the fight was just a Triceratops fighting dead air, just blank air, empty space basically. Uh, and where was it used again? In that same scene, they it just transitioned for half a second to like I don't know another Autobot. Then it went back to that same scene of the Triceratops fighting, but then uh, a T Rex was there, like basically grappling with them, as like if... saving animation costs to use twice. <laughs> I, okay. Yeah, I, well, I think wow. that the dinosaur, the T Rex, was supposed to be there the whole time, really. Uh, Hound's steering wheel was completely unnatural and awkward. I was like, what is this? 
And when Megatron had the Autobots chained up, off, first of all, Optimus Prime is now that, blue. That whole scene, that whole scene was a big crazy thing but too. This, but the side view of Megatron's face was so exactly, poorly animated. Exactly. So Optimus was blue. The whole time that scene, there's like a slow pan and Megatron's talk, talking, but he doesn't have as much detail. He's very low detailed. Not many lines drawn in his face. But then on top of that, his mouth is. He's saying a lot of stuff, but his mouth is only moving two frames a second. And it's slowly panning. You see all these terribly drawn, like, usually the Autobots and all the Transformers, when they're drawn, they usually have neat lines, whether or not they're, there's a lot of detail or color added to it. But they were all squiggly and curves and just weird spaces. Mm. And then you get to the close-up of Optimus, and he's just completely blue. What is going on well, in this was, entire he was in, scene? He was in water, so... No, I'm just kidding. I can't make that. <laughs> so yeah. it dissolved his paint? <laughs> just uh, just but, the, the blue coating under it all? But no, uh, what is it, at one point on the cliff, everyone was paid in an off-model except for Optimus. Mm. And I was like, Gears, why are you why are you dressed like Sunstreaker? <laughs> but, but that led to the overall quality of the episode itself. It seemed to get worse as the episode went on, but it seemed like the transformations were good in half the episode and completely god-awful in the others, but they were all mixed as to when they happened. And when they move through the backgrounds, it's completely awkward against the backgrounds because I don't know if it's if they didn't know what background they were using when they drew this or if the editor didn't know how to put the cells to the background. I, I think, think their schedule was just a mess. And they're like, we just have to get this episode done. Yeah, because even at one point, Optimus is moving his mouth for three seconds to address the Autobots, and it's just dead silence. And then yeah. you can't focus on anything but his voice. And then it just ends with, roll out. And I'm like, <laughs> all right. But I also noticed there were more errors because I was apparently watching the Rhino DVD release from 2002, which had even more errors on it. Wow. Because at one point, the Dinobots demonstrate their awesome laser powers by disintegrating rocks. But in the episode I saw, they just glowed. And everybody just yes. stands there with shocks on their face. And I'm like, yep. what? They made rocks glow. Why are you guys all shocked? <laughs> I guess I'd miss that. I do remember them actually, lasers actually hitting the rocks. But what are you, what are you watching, Sammy? Uh, whatever collection came out. I actually have no idea which version it is. It's just one of the collections. Is it from 2002? Everything's gigantic, so you must have it's four or five. in a gig- silver case. And there's like three discs. First se- or like the first season has three discs and then a fourth one for special features. Well, is it Rhino or Shout Factory? I literally have no idea. Okay. Well, Shout Factory <laughs> apparently was better quality episodes, uh, I think, in 2009. Uh, okay. So, yeah. But I yeah. don't know. Well, All I'll I find know out is that those rocks still shined. I'll find out because I just got them for, you know, my anniversary gift. My wife got me this awesome, complete collection of every Transformers episode ever. Aw. That's awesome. So now I gotta watch them all, and I can watch them in better quality than the choppy versions I've been watching <laughs> that I downloaded, you know, so many, many decades ago. Oh. I thought they were rips of the DVD, but didn't last that. But they weren't that good quality. <clears throat> that sucks. <laughs> anyway, does anyone have any more animation errors? Nope. I have a big one. What? Well, <laughs> I guess I won't. This isn't an animation error. Uh, th- oh. This is probably a question that should be saved for oh, another go episode. Back. Are you talking about? Okay, so remember. Stupid moments again here. Don't tell me what to do. I'm not like the others. I do what I want when I want. What kind of BS technology was Hound using? 
when he converted radio waves into holograms. Magic. I'm like, all right, I can believe building robot dinosaurs, but come on. I mean, he was doing a lot of weird stuff. So was he using his holograms to scan dinosaur bones to say this is what these exact bones were doing in the past? He's a robot and can think millions of times a second. So I was just like, ah, oh, using this thing, I can make a hologram of what it would have looked like. I don't know. So why do they need to go to the museum to do that? I don't know. But I also wonder. But how then he... on top of that, later in the episode, <laughs> he he did he used the hologram scan again to show that the Decepticons were here just in the past, just a couple hours. No, ago. no, no, no. You have too many questions. He wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't the past. He was transmitting. I can't let this go, Sammy. It has to be answered. <laughs> he was transmitting the radio waves from the Decepticon base, and he made a hologram of what exactly was going on where they were hearing the radio waves. It was ridiculous, but also no lips flap the entire scene. Almost like they just redid the whole episode, this whole scene, like it was supposed to be something else originally, and then they changed it to something else. Something wasn't working, or, you know, you know, animator died trying to reach the deadline. Maybe that's how we ended up with that stupid explanation. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I feel like they just made it. I don't know what's going on. It just, uh. Anyway, on the deleted audio. They must be terminated. There were only two things I wanted to mention that I thought was, uh. Noteworthy. Noteworthy. At one point, Soundswipe complains and says, Here I am, the best fighting machine on Cybertron, and I'm digging rocks or something like that and i'm like wow someone has a big ego about themselves another and that was a deleted audio thing yeah oh, and another was just 20 seconds of frank welker making laser beak sounds <laughs> you know what yes and at, the end of, and, at the, and at the end of the episode he does like 20 more seconds of laser beak sounds i was like this That's- is awesome is that's that what I walked in and that's what I was hearing? Yes. All those just random sounds? I mean, Welker is really good at doing that. Uh, they did cut one line from Huffer, though, where he called the Dinobots. He said, they look stupid, but, you know, I'm glad they cut that out. Yeah. It's you don't want to really call necessary. the toys. You want people to buy stuff like that. And also, it's Huffer, so F him. <laughs> I got to make a hate shirt of Huffer and Gears. <laughs> or, just, or maybe pretend I like them. Go around, like, make a shirt. Talk about how much awesome they are, and let's see what happens when people like see it. <laughs> Retcons. Well, we already mentioned that about Vector Sigma creating. I I kind of want to only cover retcons when they're retconned in the past, not pre-future retcons. So, uh, well, before we move on to more specific stuff, well, I'm not moving on. I'm just passing because I'm like, ah, oh, Starscream's blunders and stupid moments. Actually, it was Wheeljack that was the stupid person this time, despite being the yeah. one who later took out Megatron himself. I will say one, one. I, it's not even a stupid moment. It was just kind of a moment where I questioned myself. Uh, when Optimus was like, all right, guys, we're going to go fight the Decepticons, but not you, B. And I was just like, he, he's like half transforming there. Like, he, it was so rude. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. I, I actually kind of liked it. I was like, wow, that's, I didn't know that was a thing that was possible. They can half transform and just reverse the process in the middle of the process. I, I think that's, I guess, I guess because the animation has just been so poor, I just, I'm just amazed that they were able to pull that off. <laughs> that seems like beyond them. Well, you'd think they'd have to leave someone behind to watch the base. He just chose Bumblebee this time. Right in the middle of Transforming. Now those are the good old days back on Cybertron! Yeah. 
Megatron didn't have to sneak around in these ugly ass disguises. <laughs> so Megatron's energy is the same damn generators, you know, not a curse word, damn generators, as last time, only this Megatron was smart enough not to overload them just to get a little bit of energy now, but to use it and acquire more over time. <laughs> He's learning. I do have some fun facts for y'all. Dark, excessive, time, liberty. Soundwave has a tentacle mic. How'd you guys like that? And Optimus Prime has a retractable mic built into his helmet. Sadly, none of these were ever in the action figures or ever seen from again. Those were things that existed, they happened, and now we never have to speak about it again. <laughs> hey guys, Wind Charger speaks for the very first time. Do you know who Wind Charger is? Because <laughs> I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't. Who is Wind Charger? Which one is this? <laughs> I want to find clip compilations of every Wind Charger, Huffer, and Gears clip. Just because Wind Charger is so forget forgetful and they never give him screen time, Gears and Huffer still are, are pretty bad. They haven't reached Cliff Jumper status. Why do both of you have a, a hatred towards certain bots? Okay, so it's only Gears. It's a lot of murder. It was only Gears until I saw that Huffer came along and existed. Yep. But then Thomas hates Cliff Jumper too. We've already got three bots. So like, wait a minute, Sam. Row. You think my hatred towards him? That's unfounded. <laughs> They actually killed him off because he deserved to die. Hey, you're talking that about, wasn't hey, me. Hey, wrong continuity. <laughs> Full back. But is there any? Why is there any character that you just really dislike because of their personality, Sammy? No, like okay. not not to like murder them. I like. I don't like. I don't hate any of the Decepticons. Well, I just uh, like the two Autobots. <laughs> the Decepticons are perfect. So. I'm not saying that I want to kill him. Just that he deserves to die if it happens. <laughs> He That's earned that thing. death. <laughs> oh, so, my God. I got something very funny for you. All right. If you want to know about it. But the character spotlight for Cliff Jumper, yeah, I saved for season two because there's an episode where he's main character. Oh, Just going to make Thomas suffer. <laughs> Does he run off into the Decepticon base and try to take them all on? Do you want me to spoil something that will bring a smile to your face? Do you want to know? No. Okay. I'll, no. Let's just, yeah. We'll, we'll get that. there. We'll get okay. there. Spoiler avoided. <laughs> so does anybody have any last thoughts on this episode? We didn't actually talk about the Dinobots themselves. Yeah, I have do have a, I do have I a question really, about the Dinobots. So. Like, I feel like they were just there. They didn't really have personalities yet because they weren't intelligent. So you can't really... But they got plenty of screen time and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. and it's kind of hard to like give them and give them scenes where they can show off their personalities when they just don't have any just yet. <laughs> you know, I've mentioned from time to time that I'm not that familiar with the G1 stuff, and I've seen random episodes and just seen figures, and sometimes they're used in other shows. There's only three Dinobots. I thought there were four. There are five. There's five Dinobots. Well, there's only four if you watch the movie. Okay, because yeah, because I thought there was they, they also got a, ended up with like a pterodactyl. Two episodes from now. Oh, okay. Wheeljack gets in mad scientist mode again and just builds another. And just builds one? two more randomly. Oh, okay. Good, good, like you do. <laughs> yeah, why mess with perfection? Just create some more. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I was getting confused. I was like, is something? Is this an animation thing? There's only three. What's going on here? I'm surprised they didn't make one of them underwater dinosaurs for like oh. underwater reconnaissance or something. Then the other quick. Well, I don't know if it'll be quick, but well, yeah, it'll probably be quick. I'm assuming the Dinobots are going to get nerfed because they seem 
they seem ridiculously strong. They seem invulnerable to like a lot of the blasts and stuff. They just tank everything and they just destroy any any with anything they want just one shot. And yeah. they're so much bigger than everybody. They could just physically just destroy. And they have two powerful forms, Dino and Robot. Exactly. Yeah. And they have. Well, I told you before. I was wondering. Lasers. Yeah. They and they can fly, and they have. Yeah, fire. exactly. So that was the other thing. It was like, and they can fly when none of the other Autobots can fly. Except when, Wheeljack. When all of the Decepticons <laughs> can now apparently fly. Now Reflector can fly. Just. It, <laughs> If this is a power or a technology that they can build into new Autobots, why can't they add it to the old Autobots? It'll just be like, there'll always be some way to counter it. It'll be like, maybe it'll be like, like if you ever watch the old X-Men cartoon, they'll be like, what happened to Rogue? Oh, she's on vacation. Or, oh, she's on a mission. <laughs> that way the episode can last 22 minutes. Yeah, and not have her immediately <laughs> solve the problem that where's, we're having here. Where's Grimlock? Oh, I sent him on patrol, you know, in another country, so he won't get back in time. Yeah, I just assume that maybe this is a thing. We're introducing new toys. We want to make them really, really look good. Just get the kids out there buying them immediately. And then just make them look like jerks this no, the no. fifth episode. That's how the Japanese series works. You introduce a new character. Five episodes later, you introduce another new character that defeats them. <laughs> five episodes later, you introduce new new characters that defeat the new characters. And then just keep going until the series ends. Okay. Well, I guess, well, I guess that's pretty cool. Well, I guess uh, initially my, my initial thought is I think this is pretty cool that they're so strong. I actually like the whole like color scheme, like how all three of them coordinate and stuff like that. I guess... It's not going to be that cool if they're not really, if they're just going to conveniently write them out of episodes. We'll see more later, but they, they're Autobots, but they don't like to take orders. Yeah, I, I know that they have their own little independent streak, and they I guess they can be kind of sort of defeated because they still are going to be kind of dumb and stuff like that. And I remember, then eventually we'll get to the combiners and stuff. Yeah, because I remember they got, uh, what is it, in Transformers Animated, they were just content to live on their dinosaur island they would they were in two really <laughs> they were jerks and they would yeah they would fight with the autobots and then make peace and then black arachnia would make them like her love slaves and then they'd fight again and then someone would manipulate them again a few episodes later and they'd have a reason to fight the autobots again like they just they just never learn and then at some point you're just like let's just nuke this island <laughs> essentially Wait, why did you like the dinobots and animated no no, I I no I I don't care for the Dinobots at all. Oh, like oh. in any continuity. Yeah, I never I never liked Grimlock. His character personality just never meshed with me. Even in the comic books, I read the Marvel comics too, and I didn't like his personality in either the comics or the cartoon. I like how in War of Cybertron, War of Fall of, I can't remember the PS3 video games. There is a section where you briefly play as Grimlock, or like you switch over to to him. Yeah. And anyway, it's like Starscream has him captured or whatever, and walked up to his cage and was like, "Eh, you're all stuck in there and can't hurt me." Blue, 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 and he keeps talking. And like the only button that's on screen just says X to punch Starscream as Grimlock, <laughs> and I'm like. You know what, Grimlock? I hate you now. <laughs> yeah, but he punches Starscream onto the button that releases him for the episode. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Punch Starscream. They weren't annoying in the video games. They were okay in the video games. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. But I still, I just don't, I'm indifferent. I only like the Stegosaurus one because I really loved the Stegosaurus dinosaur as a kid. So I just like. That's fair. Liked that it. it was a Stegosaurus. Not that I like. I don't even think I knew what his personality was. I was just like, why isn't he in the movie? 
<laughs> I mean, that's pretty much why most people like the Dinobots is just because that's a dinosaur I like, and he's a robot. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember any of the four personalities, and I never cared for Grimlock. It's not that I hated Grimlock, it's just that I hated when he kept being used all the time in the comic books. I was like, there are more yeah. Transformers, not just Grimlock, the adventures of. Yeah, I mean, it does seem odd that, I don't know, there's a focus on him in particular I mean, like it was, as if, like... He had a huge fan base. So, yeah, yeah, that's what I guess I don't get. Well, I get that he's a foil. He's supposed to be a foil for Optimus, have infighting, since they don't have infighting. But how does that make him likable? Why would he? Why would that have, uh, have him develop a fan base? Who would... See, I feel like this question is not for not, us. None of us can answer it here. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got all the hate mail and the reasons we should love Grimlock. Ugh, yeah. Well, I guess his fan base was a. Do you guys know or feel like it was a thing during the G1 era? It seems. Or was like it, it like a following that developed more as he was used in the comic books? Well, like, the thing is, is that still back then people were like all about dinosaurs so Mm -hmm. naturally dinosaurs and transformers that works like okay so they just liked him because he was a dinosaur of a type that they really like and not really on of his own merit yeah i mean like dino riders i don't think anyone remembers the show they're just like dinosaurs i remember it (laughs) i'm gonna get so much hate mail and i have all the episodes of dino riders that's actually pretty impressive you have aliens that subjugate dinosaurs and put lasers on them and drive them over to the enemy base to go and shoot them up so how awesome is it anyway so this isn't a dino rider podcast (laughs) no (laughs) i feel like uh, uh, dinobots aren't our character spotlight this podcast well we had to at least mention them since they become such a huge deal from this point on but uh, i was just trying to make a segue (laughs) yeah okay so who wants to go over uh wheeljack's quote and description I guess I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> Character quote. Never do what your enemy expects you to do. That's reasonable. <laughs> In his description. Will Jack is the mad scientist of the Autobots. Always inventing new weapons and gadgets. Most adept at driving while in car mode. Likes to show off his stunts. Flying range of 800 miles using solid fuel rockets in his arms. Shoots magnetic inducer, shrapnel needle, and gyro inhibitor shells from his shoulder cannons. He is his own worst enemy, often injured while experimenting with new weapons. <laughs> Accurate. I have a question. Yeah? Most adept at driving while in car mode. Is there another way that you drive? <laughs> Just wondering. Uh, that's funny. Do, do they drive standing up? Do they get into a larger car well, i guess i guess if somebody's like piloting skyfire like but then they pilot themselves <laughs> i guess they have ships i guess but that's not driving that's piloting anyways yeah. I'm bothered by that i just i thought it was funny that mentions you can fly because they do have him fly in the episode i don't know if they were only certain autobots could fly at this point or they just slowly realized it over time and they just didn't really get to it till season two it felt like this contradicted the cartoon version because it says he he makes weapons but I wonder if he is his own worst enemy is because he makes weapons or inventions that the Decepticons steal and use against them. <laughs> because that does happen in one episode, I remember. 
But and I'm like, is he the random scientist in every Ninja Turtle episode that Shredder steals from? So now they don't have to worry about inventing some random scientist. It will always just be him. I mean, that makes sense because I feel like they're even just eight episodes in. There's a lot of episodes where Soundwave or Ravage are just right inside the the Autobots base, just spying on them. All this easy access to just know that he has something valuable that needs to be stolen. <laughs> All right, hey Sammy, do you want to read useless name changing BS? Sure. It'll be fun for you. Try to keep from laughing or... I'll uh, I'll try. So uh, in Transformers Armada, the US version had a Wheeljack that looked nothing like Wheeljack, but had the ability to teleport. Japan called him Rampage instead, one of the Predacons from G1 that looked nothing like Rampage. Even though they look like Sideswipe, Sideswipe would never actually appear in the entire trilogy. Since Wheeljack was later introduced in the sequel series, Energon, this robot that looked exactly like Wheeljack was instead named Downdrift because there was already a Wheeljack. Japan said, screw that, and just named him Wheeljack since they didn't screw up the naming in Armada in the first place. Ironically, the Downshift figure would come in dead last in a figure poll in 2014. Ten figures were voted on to be made, and Downshift received only 1% of the vote. What is happening? Yeah, I'm like, how do you screw up that much? You're like, oh crap, that wheeljack did show up. <laughs> Maybe we should have talked more with the, with the creation process. I know everyone's like, nah, nobody cares about wheeljack. It doesn't, whatever, or rampage, or sideswipe. Here's the thing. I remember when the Transformers comic book came out, the reboot from Dreamwave in 2002. I remember in the first storyline, it ended with wheeljack sacrificing himself to bring like two wires together to stop missiles or or nuclear missiles or something and so he was the first character to die in the storyline and it was shown in many panels like it was supposed to actually have a lot of impact or something but then it was never followed up upon nobody mourns his loss he's never mentioned again so i'm like oh okay i guess it just happens and people would get over it that was his sin for creating dinobots (laughs) (laughs) like that's or his his i can't remember the right word is it penance comeuppance anyway the stories lasted three years before being rebooted because dreamwave was horrible and not paying any of their creators what was his fate after the movie wait i still function thomas want to read that part his body was shown in the movie, but he must have had some life and then called for help long after the movie because he showed up in the future in future Japanese stories. Though the movie came to Japan later in the U.S., in 2003, a figure line and story called Binotech, which chronologically takes place after the movie and the Japanese Victory series from the 90s, they actually attempted to write around this story point by stating that the time traveler Ravage showed Will Jack his own death. Ravage's <laughs> plan was to help the Decepticons win future battles by making the Autobots win past battles so that during the battle against Unicron, only Autobots would mostly die, so that more Decepticons would survive after the movie to win future victories. But after the actual movie, Wiljack survived to prevent his death and gain combiner powers to form Sky Rain. He could then appear non-contradictory in the Japanese Victory cartoon, the third Japanese animated series, where he was called in for his expert skills needed to repair God Jinrai, the main character from the second Japanese animated series, and Star Saber, the main character of Victory, he appeared in multiple Japanese manga and American comics taking place after the movie. He was last seen making black versions of Optimus Prime as a drone army against the Decepticons. Why is Wheeljack so complicated? <laughs> I like how they're like, how did he show up when he's dead? 
And the Japanese are just like, well, I have a manga idea for that. <laughs> that was a trip. Yeah, I've seen because I've seen the ones where he shows up in, and it's just, eh, nothing happened. But somehow we're supposed to believe that in the middle, all this other crazy shit happened. Stuff, sorry. All this stuff happened, and then he just went back to his normal body and non-powerless again after all that. Because he got, you know, bored or didn't like it. I don't know. But yeah. So what do you guys think of Wheeljack? Do you guys like him in the series? He's okay. I I don't I don't like. I'm indifferent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just gonna say he's yeah. just right now. He's just whatever to me. It's just I thought it was funny when they brought out the Transformers Devastation video game that came out, and Wheeljack yes. was one of the five playable characters. Because why? And I was like, huh, that's odd. Yeah, because their that... options were obviously Bumblebee, Grimlock, and Optimus Prime, but then it was also Sideswipe and. Yep. Wheeljack. Wheeljack I can understand, because he does have fans, but Sideswipe, I'm like, why? You know that whole cast? I, I wish they, they did more characters that you could play as. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, the cast selection on both sides, I think, is kind of subpar. Well, there's only one side. Well, I just yeah. mean the villains that they have available. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh. Like, it looks pretty, but... Yeah, absolutely, well, they made yeah. less content, but then made sure you had to play like 80 times to upgrade all the weapons on all five difficulty settings and all five challenges for each difficulty setting times 50. So, you know, have fun with this game that'll last forever. Nope. I hope you enjoyed and did all of that. No, I gave up because one day I was just like, what the F am I doing with my life? When you, I gave somebody... up, you gave up on a GIF that I got for you, Sean? No, I beat the game. <laughs> Ouch. I... I beat the game, I played it three times, I upgraded tons of weapons, and I did about 35 of the 50 challenges, and about 20 of those I did all three difficulty settings, but then at some point I realized you could unlock two more ultra-hard and super-super-hard difficulties, and then also have those as challenges, and I was like, then I heard someone talking about this awesome RPG they were playing at a party, and I was like, oh man, all these other cool games people were playing, and I'm trying to like get every challenge i'm like you know what i'm done with this game i can't do it anymore but no it was fun i appreciated the gift okay appreciate it <laughs> three out of five it. gave my gift a 60 percent <laughs> no it's just all but the it was 110 extra... percent in fun <laughs> but no it was fun to play through those actually no i played it five times once with each character mm. but at that point they expected you to want to play like you know 10 more times to unlock all the weapons and get them all up to max. Yeah, I completely get you. Like, I, I hate <laughs> when games do that kind of stuff. Like, the only series that I feel I can get away with that uh, are, like, the, the Nier games. Nier and then Nier Automata. Yes. yes. Where... But that's because that's different enough where it's fine. Yeah, it's very different. They actually make give it a whole purpose. And then even on yeah. top of that, su- subsequent playthroughs, you skip over a lot of stuff. 26 different endings. It's yeah. actually next on my list. Yeah, yeah so good. I, think, I finished two more games. Yeah, I'm thinking I might Anyways, have... guys, Nier yes. is its Transformers, but it does have robots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was our episode. We had many tangents this episode, and regular dinosaurs. We hope you enjoyed our ramblings, and we'll see you next time. Signing off, I'm Sean. Thomas. Sammy Jack. And together we are... Sparkcast. Thanks to tfwiki.net for information used in our character spotlight feature.